Welcome to SciSection. My name is Shanessa Furtado, and I'm your journalist for the SciSection radio show broadcasted on CFMU 93.3 FM radio station. We are here today with Dr. Pascal Tyrell, the Director of Data Science and Associate Professor with the Department of Medical Imaging, Temerty Faculty of Medicine at the University of Toronto. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Tyrell. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure to be here. Yep. So to get us started, um, if you could tell us about your educational and career background and how you got started in the field. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I'll start off by just saying that um, I'm an applied medical data scientist. Uh, so basically, I study different ways uh, to leverage the information contained in data uh, in order to help improve uh, patient outcomes. So basically, you know, making uh, advancing medicine so that uh, we improve the outcomes uh, for patients. Uh, in terms of how we how I got to where I am, a uh, very long and convoluted path, which is okay. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it is. Uh, I'll just say I started out, uh, interestingly, in um, microbiology and biophysics and um, basically botany, interestingly enough. So the what I was studying was cyanobacteria. And that was my first graduate work that I did here at the University of Toronto, actually at what was called Arundel College at the time, which is now um, University of Toronto at Mississauga. So that's how I got started in research. And then I, I kind of like, you know, veered off that I, I did, uh, you know, a lot many years of graduate work, and ended up in, in data science by being a um, data manager at the hospital for sick children. And then I went back and I did a PhD in, in biostatistics, uh, and clinical epidemiology. Um, and it's from that experience that I, I learned to really enjoy data. And, and I had some experience from working in the computer industry as a, a software, uh, developer. And so putting all that together. So my experience working in um, medical research, uh, my my training in, in biostatistics, uh, as well as my experience working in the computer industry as a programmer, um, led to me being a data scientist. So I, unfortunately, I don't have an easy answer for you when you say, you know, what was my, you know, what, what did I study? And, you know, how did I get to where I am? Uh, it, it was a very long um, path, but I'm going to, you know, I'll, I can end off by saying, there is a positive note to this, and that is when I went through all of this, which is, you know, I started my graduate work in, in 1990, uh, back in, in those years, uh, there was not a clear defined path for data scientists, as opposed to today when there is, and you can actually, um, you know, join or sign up uh, to data science programs at university or colleges um, and and follow a path that's that's determined for you. So it's it's much easier today in order to decide to be a data scientist as opposed to, you know, when I did it, uh, it, it wasn't really even ever really described uh, back then to be a data scientist. There you go. I think that's probably enough <laughs> to describe where I'm coming from. So our next question, um, as the CEO and co-founder of the software startup company, SoftX Innovations, can you tell us what inspired you to pursue this endeavor and what are your future goals for the company? Uh, okay. So, uh, wow. Maybe, maybe let me unpack that a, a little bit because yeah, um, sure. I, I've only just <laughs> recently been a CEO. Um, you know, I, as you know, I'm a, I'm a professor at the University of Toronto, so I'm, I'm very academic. 
and I love that. But uh, my work, um, you know, intersects with uh, industry a lot because, as I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm applied. So I like to see change uh, due to my research. And um, because of that, um, you know, essentially what, what drives me uh, and, you know, what, what I did maybe that might be a little different than, than uh, the traditional path that you follow is that I never really stopped being a student. So that's kind of a perk of being a professor is that you, you never leave university. Uh, and for that reason, I, you know, I, I love to learn and I love to be challenged. Um, and because of that, uh, when I discovered uh, startup companies, which was in 2015, when I jumped on board with a, uh, we, we put together a, a company in the, in the medical device space, um, I really enjoyed it because you, you, you know, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You have so much to learn so quickly in order to make your um, startup successful that I really enjoyed that. So to answer your question now, you know, as to, you know, why did I, you know, uh, do I have my own startup is that's the answer is I, I really enjoy that environment. Um, I like, I like to be a challenge and I, I like to make things successful. And so what are my aspirations for the company? Well, I mean, right now we're, we, we'd be considered a small startup company in the software development space. Uh, the company's called Softext Innovations. And um, what I would like for it is to, is to be a corporation. So uh, that's the plan is to grow it to the, you know, to the point where it, it is truly operating as a corporation and, and um, successfully. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can walk away from it and, and, and you know, it will remain uh, its own successful entity. So I guess that's probably the, the you know, the goals I have uh, for the company. And in the meantime, it may sound really, it may sound really silly, but I do it because I enjoy it. So if you ask me, why am I doing it now, you know. Um, it's just because I enjoy it. It's it's not it's not because I you know have anything to prove. It's not because I'm trying to you know uh, make a lot of money. Uh, it's none of that. It's just because I enjoy it, and and ultimately I'd like to um, you know have it uh, you know be a successful company for as many employees as I can bring on board. Yeah, for sure. Being in your position right now and having to take all these risks in your careers, there have to be challenges along the way. Do you think you could tell us about some of the challenges in creating a career in research in STEM, starting your own company? Sure, absolutely. There are many. There are many challenges, uh, uh, you know, that I encountered along the way, and I'm I'm sure many um, of you out there are, are are you know finding the same ones. Uh, but the biggest one, I think, for me was to find a fit for who I am and what I enjoy. I, I really think that's like like that's a lifelong, um, you know, barrier or challenge uh, that I've that I've had to deal with is you know first just understanding who you are. So that took me a long time to understand kind of what makes me tick and you know, what do I enjoy and what am I, what, you know, what am I willing to make an effort in uh, to, to continue on in? Because, you know, obviously all careers are challenging and you have to make an effort. Um, and that, that, that took a long time. I mean, inevitably, you know, what your parents wish you to do uh, and would hope you, uh, you know, hope for you uh, is a very, you know, strong influence. And it takes, it takes you a while to kind of think, hmm, am I doing this for my parents or am I doing this for me? 
And that took me a long time. And so that was a big challenge because, you know, ultimately you need to find a job that fits you, right? That, you know, you you want to grow and, and be successful at and enjoy at the same time. And, and that took a very long time. And as I alluded to at the beginning, you know, data science really was something I really enjoyed. This idea of having a data scientist, which is kind of a mix of all of that, uh, didn't really exist and it wasn't really a, a, you know, a common job. So that was probably the biggest challenge for me was to find a happy place in terms of uh, what I do. Um, and as I said, you know, you have to look inwardly, uh, you know, to understand yourself uh, before you, you can be successful. And that, that took me a long time. So that's, that's probably the biggest uh, challenge. I think, uh, you know, ultimately, a lot of you are thinking, well, you know, what should I study? And, you know, what what program should I be in? What degree should I get? Uh, that was never really a challenge for me, because as I said, um, I just love, you know, learning. So I just continued getting more and more, you know, training and, and uh, uh, experience uh, academically. So that was fine. But, you know, the only thing I can say on that one is I think, you know, getting a degree is you know having let's say like eating your bowl of ice cream and the the type of degree or the content you know the you know what program you're in is the flavor i, I think what's important is actually you know getting education getting an education understanding how to learn and how to uh, you know adapt and master new content quickly which is essentially a you know a, a broad definition of, of intelligence and I think that's the most important thing. I, I don't, uh, the content itself is in a way is, is not as important. Uh, so that's, that's the other thing I, I wanted to say about uh, challenges uh, don't, don't feel that you're challenged that way. Uh, it's more, you know, what's going to keep you going, what you're going to enjoy. Now that's probably my, my best answer. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. That's really great advice. I think education, we should look at it as something that is a learning process and take it one day at a time and try to like figure out what we enjoy. And uh, yeah, just use the resources to really enjoy what we're learning and then take each opportunity that we can get um, to try to discover what we want to do. So speaking of advice, uh, what kind of advice do you have for students who are listening to the show right now and are interested specifically in pursuing a career in data science and medical research? You know, specifically in data science, um, I think that one is it, try and think broadly about the the area, right? So meaning, as I said, there's there's three pillars to data science and you have the the math statistics, which is one pillar you have the computer engineering or computer science, which is the other pillar. And don't forget, probably equally as important, maybe more important, is the content area. So the pillar is the content, and the third pillar is the content, and, and that is understanding the data, right? Understanding what the data is for, uh, understanding um, how you are uh, you know, leveraging the information that's contained in the data in order to better something. Uh, that's a very important area as well for a data scientist. So I think many students that are in STEM and they do extremely well and they they love math and you know and you know computers and all that's fantastic. But then they come to me, you know, to work with me and, and they say, you know, I, I have all this wonderful experience, but I'd like to apply it to medicine. And the the hardest part for those students is understanding um, the data and, and how to apply it. And so the earlier you get an idea of the content that you know, intrigues you or you find interesting, the better uh, for your career in data science. So for instance, if you wanted to be in medicine, 
then it would be, you know, health. So, uh, you know, where, whatever your program, you'd have to understand, you know, human biology or health or, you know, whatever nutrition or whatever you're doing, uh, you need to understand the content uh, in order to apply, um, you know, your skills uh, from your computer programming and, and let's say your statistics or math. So that's probably the the best advice I can give in terms of choosing programs or what you know academic path to follow is just don't forget those three pillars and try and get a you know a good mix of of all three when you're when you're training. Uh, that's probably I, I would say that's probably the <laughs> some of the best advice I can give. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So our final question: uh, What do you think our scientific community needs the most right now? That's a that's a tough question. Um, that's I mean, inevitably, at first, you're going to think, oh, well, we just need more insight, more tech, more innovation, which is true, of course. But I'm I'm going to say that um, I'm going to go back to this theme on on knowledge and education that, you know, knowledge and education is power. Right. I mean, that's the you know, everyone knows that. Um, but I think what's what's what we're seeing uh, because of this ability of 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 the, the global village and and the, the ability to learn virtually now is that it's more and more available to all of us, uh, you know, on the planet, right? So, um, so really what that means is um, now's the time to make things happen with that knowledge, right? Uh, and uh, I think that's what, when you're asking, what does the scientific community need? I think that's what it needs. I think it needs to decide to actually make use of all of this knowledge in a good way uh, and move things forward finally. I mean, it, it, not to say that, you know, science hasn't been moving forward. It has been, but it's been very siloed and it's been moving, you know, fairly slowly in very, you know, various areas in the world. And I think now's the time to leverage this ability to communicate, work, educate, um, you know, online, right? Because forcibly, because of COVID, uh, we're all now set up to do this all around the world. And, and so now's the time to do this type of collaborative work, which is going to move things forward. And that's probably the hardest thing you can do because that's that's where I work. And that is applying research knowledge to, um, you know, the end user, <laughs> you know, to the community. And it's very hard. Uh, and in order to be successful at that, you just, you, you know, you need a lot of, of grit or tenacity uh, in order to make it uh, happen. And so that's probably if so when you're asking what do I think the scientific community needs, I, I think that's what it needs. I think it needs the the tenacity to to make project move projects forward um, and, and leverage all of this uh, research knowledge that we've been accumulating forever uh, and put it to good use. That's there you go. That's that's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. Science literacy and science communication is very important, especially in this like digital world that we are living in. Uh, but that's all the time we have for today. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Tyrell. It was fascinating to hear about your career and your company. And your career path is really inspiring and fascinating. And it really showcases the endless possibilities a career in science can bring. Thank you, Shanessa. It was an absolute pleasure being here. Yep. Thank you again. And that's it for this week of Sci Section. I'm your journalist, Shanessa Furtado. Make sure to check our podcast available on global platforms for our latest interviews.